morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Listen, um, I am very excited to be here, and I think God has graced me and my husband being in Chicago for an amazing weekend of weather. I mean, the last time I was here, it was like um, 100 below zero, and... Um, what you need to know about me is that I'm Mexican and Puerto Rican, like a Mexican. And um, over dinner last night, my husband was just like, you know what, B? Let's just move to Chicago. This city's amazing. And I'm like, my people need wet, warm weather, okay? Like, we die in cold. We can't be here. And, uh, but being a dramatic is a characteristic of being Mexican. Also popping out of the womb with high heels and 10 pounds of makeup on. Um, but aside from that, my uh, husband, Matt, who is here with me, uh, he's a man of German descent from the Midwest. And if you know anything about the Germans, they're super organized ones who are always on the time. And I'm gonna make sure that we get out on time today. Your brunch plans, your lunch plans, your childcare and all that stuff will not be thwarted, but we will not be done until we wait until God speaks to us. If you got dressed and you brushed your teeth to the glory of God and you <laughs> fought traffic and you fought parking and you sat in here, I believe that God is going to give us a word today. Amen? Amen. Awesome. You guys are with me. 8.30 was a little rough. But... Um, <laughs> Y'all are caffeinated and willing to talk back to me, which is great. If you want to say, like, uh, come on, somebody, if the Lord is speaking to you, and you want to say, come on, or hello, praise God, I don't care. Um, if God is speaking to you and you feel like saying, oh, that was totally for me, or if you're like my husband, you know, he'll say, like, oh, Lord, that was totally for you. Did you hear that? <laughs> he thinks he's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you will not throw me off. And I know that uh, some of us may come from different uh, denominational backgrounds or you're not used to that. I don't want to wig anyone out. But what I do love um, in, in vocalizing what God is doing internally, externally, is that it lets us know and creates an atmosphere of faith that God is on the move. And I could attest to what the scriptures written years ago are moving in my life today because we serve a God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. Amen. Do you believe that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament is the God of today? Do you believe that the God of the Old Testament who freed the Israelites out of captivity, out of slavery, through the desert, had manna and quail fall from heaven, was also the same God that took them into the promised land, who was also the same God in the New Testament who sent his son, Jesus, as a propitiation for our sins, to be reconciled with God Almighty, lived a sinless life, died a horrific death on Calvary, and through the resurrection of God Almighty, came back from the dead. Do you believe in that? Yeah then let's start acting like it. What are the things in our life that we feel are too big for our God? I wanna take a look at scripture this morning. I wanna see that God is able, that God is possible, and that he's in the business of doing amazing things. Open up your Bible to page 844. We're gonna be camping out in Hebrews chapter 12, only two verses, but I'm gonna give you several verses throughout, this, throughout uh, the message today. So I want you to keep your thumb or a bookmark um, in this page. And as we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for what you're going to do. We believe, Lord God, that you're gonna to speak to us. We believe, Lord God, that you are able and capable to do a transforming work in our lives. So take this moment. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
It was my junior year of high school. It was my first year as captain of the track team. And um, it was our very first invitational for the season. So in a stadium full of over 2,000 people, we were the third race of the morning. I have my team there, I have family, I have friends, and I'm hunkered down in a racing sprint in my starting blocks. My uh, feet are pushed back into the starting blocks. My hands are pushed tightly together, hiking up, ready to sprint. To uh, the left of me is Aisha. To the right of me is Fran Isha. They were sisters and sisters, if you know what I mean who stood at about seven foot five. Um, what possessed a five foot one Mexican to jump over things that are like taller than her? I don't know. But it was one of those like, I can do all things through Christ moments. And I, I remember thinking, okay, Jesus, take the wheel. The gun goes off and we all take off. I had cleared hurdle one. I had cleared hurdle two. I had a fatal flaw of not listening to my coach, Coach Julia, who said, don't look to the left, don't look to the right, continue to run your race. Well, I happened to look to my left, and what happened is I stutter-stepped on my approach to the hurdle, of which my knee caught the hurdle, stumbling, but not to be outdone. I sprint over to hurdle four, but I, my knee catches hurdle four, and I stumble, to which I didn't have enough inertia to make it over the fifth hurdle, but over the fifth hurdle, I tumble. So I get back up and run over the sixth hurdle and fall, and seventh and fall, and eighth and fall, and ninth and fall. And after the ten, at the 10th hurdle, I picked up my leg, straddling the hurdle, picked up my left leg, picking, picking it up over the hurdle, and limp my way to the finish line. With the end of the finish line, I literally want the earth to just open up and swallow me whole. Why, God? Why? The ambulance came to get me. <laughs> ambulance. Put me on a stretcher, took me to the first aid station. From a distance, I saw Coach Julia walk over to me. And she said, Bianca, I want to let you know, I'm so proud of you. And I said, proud? Did you see that race? Like the heat behind me, past me, lapped me on the way there. And she said, you could have stopped. You had every reason to stop. But you ran yo race. This morning's message is entitled, Run Yo Race. And I love that the author of Hebrews Theologians still can't attribute who the author of Hebrews is from the book that we just read. But I believe that it is Paul. And the reason why I believe it is Paul because I'm a word nerd and Paul penned two-thirds of the New Testament and I have a crush on a dead guy, okay? Paul is my Bible boyfriend. I'm happily married. Don't judge me. Whatever. But I love that whoever the author of Hebrews is encourages us to run our race. Now, um, at the beginning of the verse, we are told, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Well, who are those witnesses? If you back it up in Hebrews chapter 11, we are told that uh, there's a list of people. Paul lists a bunch of names. And in that list, there are murderers and adulterers and prostitutes and doubters and flakes. And you know what theologians refer to that passage as? The hall of faith. Now, if these people were listed as, as being in the hall of faith, these people were redeemed and renewed. These people were restored to the glory of God. And if God is using those people then, can he use us today? This is why it says in this verse, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So Paul is giving us a word picture. It's a word picture of being tripped up, of being captured, whether that is emotionally, relationally, physically, sexually, hormonally, financially. What is tripping you up today? What are the things that are holding you back? See, the author of Hebrews recognizes that we can't run our race, dare I say, we can't pursue the purpose that Christ has called us to, if 
we are enslaved and entangled and ensnared to things that hold us back. The truth is that there are people in here who have believed lies that have been spoken to them, for them, about them, over them, and it's easier to listen to lies than it is to hear the truth. And whether that has been lies been spoken over to you by the enemy, like, who do you think you are? You can't do this. You're not educated. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not righteous enough. You're not holy enough. Or what about even the internal monologues that we have with ourselves? I'm just a student. I'm just an admin assistant. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm just a divorcee with debt and three kids, and I can't pay my bills. Or maybe there's other people in here who feel like, you know, I have all my stuff together. I have a great job. I floss my teeth. I love Jesus. I'm, I'm financially stable, and yet no one wants me. Whether we are too old to do that, too young to do this. Throughout Scripture, the Old and New Testament, there are people like you and like me who could have and should have been disqualified. But God. See, David was an adulterer, Rahab was a prostitute, Moses was a murderer, Ruth was an idol worshiper, and Paul was a terrorist, the man who just wrote some of the scriptures that we have read and will read today. Now, these people could have been ensnared and entangled and enslaved to the lies of the enemy, but God. That changes everything, friends. Through the doubt, through the disillusionment, through the despair, they ran their race. Without a map or a social media following or a mentor, they pursued the call that God had upon their life. And maybe you're sitting here and you're in the middle of your race and you're like cruising. We applaud you. Keep on going. Move forward. But maybe you're here and you're thinking, um, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm questioning if God loves me. I'm, I, I want to know what I'm supposed to be doing in this season. You, you want to hear the truth, but the lies in your head are too loud because it's easier to believe the lies than it is to hold on to the truth of God's word. It just is. Unfortunately, that's the case. But let me tell you something. You cannot run forward if you're constantly looking back. You can't run forward if you're constantly looking back. I just posted on social media this week. Don't look back. You're not going in that direction. You've got to keep your eyes focused. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't turn around. Keep your eyes focused. Stop looking back. It's been said that your history cannot determine your destiny. Or as I like to say, your past doesn't predetermine your present. Amen. So let's take a look at our minds. I have one Pentecostal with me. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was at church last week and I was preaching. A lady came up to me. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm Pentecostal too. And I said, I'm not Pentecostal. I'm Puerto Rican. That's kind of the same thing though. <laughs> kind of the same thing. We're both loud and opinion and a lot to talk back. So there we go. For the sake of time, we're going to assume that if you're here, you, you want to pursue a relationship with God. You want to go deeper. You want to know the heart of God. You want to propel forward. You want to run your race with endurance and strength to what God has called you to. But the elusive question is how? How do we do that? Check out what Paul wrote to the Roman church. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The scripture is up on the screen, or you could grab your Bible in front of you, you can turn to that page, or you can read the scriptures as I read them over us. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to know the will of God is? Don't conform, transform. Transform your mind into what God is calling you. He can renew that mind. Friends, if we want to uh, 
pursue what God is calling us to, if we want to throw off the things that are entangling us, we need to change the way that you think. You could change into the new person that God is calling you to by changing the way that you think. How can I run my, with my race with perseverance? How can I run and not grow weary? How can I run and not quit? How can I run when the lies are screaming at me are so loud? Check out what my Bible bro- boyfriend wrote in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It's up on the screen and we're going to flip back to Hebrews, so stay with me. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Come on, I need a praise hanky or something in here. Listen, listen, I don't know how you read your Bible, okay? I don't know how you read your Bible, but but when I read God's Bible, like I am fired up. And maybe this is because I was raised with my grandmother watching soap operas. And what you need to understand is that, like, there's American soap operas. And then there's Hispanic soap operas called novelas, okay? And the difference between reading our Bible like an American soap opera is like, but John, I love you so much. Please don't leave. But a novela is like, pero Juanito, no se va mi amor, te quiero mucho, te quiero mucho. What I want us to do is to read our Bible with passion. Do you hear what Paul is talking to us? We have power to demolish strongholds. That Greek word in that scripture, power, is the Greek word dunamis, where we get our English word dynamite. What's the strongholds in your life? Guess what? They can be obliterated through the power of God. We have this power in us, and we walk around like, oh, I'm so sad, I don't want to do with my life. Pick your head up. You got the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. You got power to demolish strongholds. You want to run your race of perseverance. I'm going to list two things that will help us let go of our past and pursue our purpose. Number one, if you're taking note, is capture destructive thoughts. Again, that Greek word for power is dunamis that can do away with strongholds. Do away with strongholds. So how do we take Sunday morning teaching and make it Monday morning living? Y'all gotta do some homework. What are the strongholds in your life? Only you can put language around that because you can lie to your friends, you can lie to your family, you can even lie to yourself, but you can't lie to God. What are those things that are holding you back? The lies that you've believed, the things that you've ingested, the addictions that you have, the secret sins that you think nobody knows about? Write them down. Analyze them. What are the things that are holding me back? Now, what I love is that the Greek word for akamora, the Greek word for um, for strongholds, is akamora, and it means a prisoner locked by deception. Now, if you think of an old castle with a dungeon, that's an akamora. You are locked up by wrong and false thoughts. You're captive. You are a prisoner to this. What is the enemy's greatest weapon? He is called the father of what? The father of lies. Now, the father of lies will will convince you to build your life on lies so that when the truth comes, you've already built an infrastructure of falsity. See, um, he knows that when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Satan knows your name but calls you by your sin. God knows your sin and calls you by your name. 
That is the difference, friends. This is the difference that we hold on to. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And if that is the case, we have the moral duty and obligation to free ourselves through the power of God and free others to the glory and name of Jesus. It's been said, oh, hurt people, hurt people. Guess what? Free people, free people. And we have this power to demolish the strongholds in our lives and help people demolish strongholds in their lives. Verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Take captive. When those wrong things come into your mind, I'm a horrible wife, I'm a horrible husband, I'm a stupid person, I'm a dumb person, I'm bad, I'm too fat, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too uneducated. Nope, 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 nope. Do you sweep that trash out? Um, Don't let um, the eyelashes, 10 pounds of makeup and high heel fool you, okay? I'm a girl who loves MMA, mixed martial arts. I want to see somebody in the octagon, okay? (laughs) What I love about the truth of God's word is that we are told to take captive these lies. So when a lie comes up into your life, you know what you do? You put your arm around it. You put a stronghold around that stronghold and you say, nope, I am a child of God. I will not listen to you. You choke out that lie until you cannot hear its voice anymore. You cannot hear its voice. The thing about the octagon, thank you, yes, friend. The thing about the octagon is that you don't kill anyone in the octagon. And the problem with lies is that sometimes they resurrect themselves again. You have got to be on guard. When lies come up, you take our thoughts captive. You hold on to the truth. Number two, if you're taking note, fix our thoughts on spiritual things. Paul, in uh, Philippians 4, verses 8 through 9, it's on the screen. Let me read it over you. Over you. But what I appreciate about what he's writing um, to the Philippians is that he's not writing on a beach in Cabo San Lucas with a uh, coconut and an umbrella pontificating over spiritual points of, you know, God's goodness. He is in prison. He's in an Akamura. He is locked up and he's writing these words. Dear brothers and sisters of Chicago, Illinois, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Do you need peace in your life? Our nation is the most overweight, overmedicated, um, overstressed uh, that we've ever been. And what does scripture tell us? That the God of peace will be with you when we think about things that are good and true and noble and noteworthy. Capture the lies and focus on the truth. David was a murderer, but God restored him. And Rahab was a prostitute, but God rescued her. And Moses was a murderer, but God reinvented him. And Ruth was a pagan worshiper, but God redeemed her. And she is in the lineage of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Anna, you've probably never heard of Anna, but Anna was one of 27 million slaves across the globe that are currently generating over $32 billion annually. Human trafficking is affecting every continent, every country, and every socioeconomic economic system in our world today. It's the second largest growing crime, second only to drug trafficking. Anna came into our care 
And of all the cases that I had um, read as chief storyteller overseeing external communications, I was getting cases in, um, trying to get uh, stories from some of our survivors. And this case was dark. This case was heavy. From the pages, from the thin pages, I felt the weight of her trauma, of the horrific things that had happened to her. Um, she came into our, our shelter. She was a shell of a woman who once was. The abuse, the trauma, the constant rape had affected her in such a way that uh, she had become violent and caustic in one of our hardest cases. So you need to understand my shock. That through this season, I was told by our team members that they began to massage her heart with words of truth. They began to remind her that there is a plan and a purpose for her life, that there is hope and that she is not done. So imagine my surprise when I come to a global gathering in Greece where all of our uh, 10 countries where we're located come to Greece for a global gathering and I walk into a place much like this, and I sit in seats much like this, and I'm watching a stage much like this, and I'm watching Anna singing praises to God. She sang one of my favorite worship songs. It's a song called Glorious Ruins, and she says, she sang, let the ruins come to life in the beauty of your name. Rising up from the ashes, God, forever you reign. And my soul will find refuge in the shadow of your wings. I will love you forever and forever I'll sing. Let the ruins come to life. This woman was ruined and yet God turned her rubble into a glorious ex example of what happens when we realize that there is a race for us to run, that there is a purpose that God has called us to. And I get to tell you, which this is a recent development in her case, that just three months ago, she now can hold to the promise of what Joseph said in Genesis 50 verse 20, what you meant for evil, God has used for good. This girl testified against two traffickers and put them into prison because of her bravery. There's a combined sentence of 250,000 euros and 30 years in prison. In addition to that, this young girl just finished her second semester in college where she received a 4.0. How good is our God? How good is our God? Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Run with perseverance. Some translations say, run with endurance, run with patience, or one of my favorite versions is, run and never quit. You cannot run forward if you're constantly looking back. So run your race. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right, but keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. This has never been more poignant than it has been in my life. I feel the most ill-equipped and undereducated person to be doing what God has called me to do, whether that is advocating for freedom against slavery or whether that is preaching the goodness of our God. I am the least of the candidates. I'm not a social worker, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer. I never went to seminary, I don't have a degree in theology, uh, I don't speak Greek, Hebrew, or Aramaic, and yet I'm holding on to the promise that if God has called me to it, God will equip me to do it. This is the truth of God's word, but I have to wrestle with the lies that echo in my mind. You are still the stupid, dumb, brown girl from the hood. Who do you think you are? You can't free people. You're not Liam Neeson. You're not gonna bust down brothel doors. <laughs> I literally had to change the way I thought. I had to begin to take God's word as a personal letter to me. 
My, it was written for me. Every verse in there is for me. It's no longer for the perfect, the polished and pretty with people whose thighs don't touch and have an eight pack. No, those scriptures are for me. Those scriptures are for me. It's for me. And when you begin to appropriate God's word as a love letter to you, it changes everything. It changes everything. And this is coming from somebody who was raised in church. I mean, I went to vacation Bible school. I went to summer camp and winter camp. I spoke Christianese. I played Bible baseball. I got home runs. Like, I was a good Christian. But I had to acquire and appropriate God's word for me. And even when you don't feel it, one of my favorite pastors says, sometimes you've got to fake it until you feel it. Even when I don't feel like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Even I don't feel like I'm called to tear down strongholds. Even if I feel like I'm not enough, guess what? God's word tells me that I am. Proverbs tells us that as a person thinks in his heart, so he will become. You want to run your race? You want to run with perseverance? Change the way that you think. And there's some people in here, they're like, yeah, well, I was so hurt. This guy broke up with me in eighth grade. Or, you know, she looked at me cross-eyed. There's situations where you need to build a bridge and get over it, is what you need to do. You will find freedom in letting go of minor and ill offenses. Our words create our thoughts and our thoughts create our language and our language creates our words and our words create actions and our actions create habits and our habits create a destiny. As a man thinks in his heart, so he will become. Verse two, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who is going to lead you where you need to go. Do not finish your story because he is, not finished your, he is not finished writing your story. The one who knows of your wrongs can make them right. What I want to do in the minutes that we have together as you walk out these doors and as we run our proverbial race, I want us to know who we are, what we have, and the truth of God's word. So bear with me as I speak over us today a woven tapestry of God's scriptures in written form. The Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. So today, I will give no place to fear or failure. I will not accept a trace of apathy in my actions or attitude. I will reject complacency and embrace the greatness in me. I will waste no opportunity to glorify God and maximize every opportunity entrusted to me. I will run. The race that we are in isn't against flesh and blood, but against a spiritual enemy who opposes us. So we will stand at the starting line and face our enemy with bold determination. We will dismantle every argument and pretension that sets itself up against God and contradicts the truth of his word. The enemy fights against us because he fears us. And every time he reminds us of our past, we will remind him of his future. Every time that we speak the truth, every stronghold must surrender. We will run. So we, as passionate, committed runners, will make no excuses, but through every obstacle, we will find a way. We will not procrastinate our progress. We will not defer our destiny. We will not waver when we are weak. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And even if we lose the sprint, we will win the marathon because we are more than conquerors in him who loves us. So me, I will reject the lies that echo in my mind telling me that I don't have what it takes, that I cannot survive the trial, that the best is behind me or that humiliation awaits me because the devil is a liar. And my God causes me to triumph through Christ Jesus our Lord. So guess what? We will run. 
unashamed to represent a kingdom that is unshakable. No one be able to stand against God's plan for us all the days of our life. With God, we will run every race. We will persevere and not give up. Though our enemy surrounds us, our God surrounds our enemies. Though they come at us one way, they will flee in seven ways. Because no, every evil thing that rises up against us, we will condemn. Therefore, we will run. Can we please determine to build our life on a solid foundation of God's perfect word? By faith, we will activate these promises that we have made and aim them as promises, as weapons of mass destruction, obliterating every opponent. The weapon God has given us has divine power, and we defy and defeat sin because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, our Savior on the cross. We are wholeheartedly devoted to the purpose and calling God has made for us, and we have no intention of letting the world define us because we know who we are. Humble fighters, dedicated runners, strong and mighty servants of the living God. In Christ, we are courageous. In Christ, we are confident. Our heart is steadfast. Our purpose is immovable. We are always abounding in the work of the Lord. And our potential is unlimited because the limitless God lives within us. Therefore, we will run. The cross before us, the world behind us. We will not look back. We will not let go. We will not go to the left, to the right. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor height, nor depth, will be able to separate us from the love of our Father. And if God is for us, who in hell could be against us? Who is the God that we serve? You might be sitting in here today and you might be so tired. You might be sitting in here saying, but Bianca, you don't understand. I've stumbled, I've fallen. Guess what? You can get up and run your race again. Bianca, I'm so thirsty. I'm thirsty. Guess what? God's word says that he's living water to quench your thirst. Bianca, I'm starving. I'm spiritually starving. Guess what? God's word says that he is the bread of life. Paleo, what? God loves gluten, friends. He wouldn't call himself the bread of life if he didn't want us to eat it. Maybe you're sitting in there and you are injured. Maybe you feel like, I, I'm hurting. I've been hurt by the church. I've been hurt by people. I've been hurt by my ex-spouse. I'm hurt by my children. I'm hurt by my broken dream. Guess what? God can right every wrong. He could pick you up. He can mend your wounds. He can anoint your head with oil and move forward. So I'm gonna ask to do something brave today. If you are here this morning and you are in the middle of the race and you feel like I just need an extra measure of faith this morning, or you need a healing, emotional, financial, physical. Maybe you need a financial breakthrough. Maybe you need restoration in your marriage. Maybe you need the ability through the Holy Spirit to forgive that person who's hurt you. We are gonna come together and practice what we see in the Bible. If you would like prayer, we wanna pray with you right now, where you are at. If that is you, will you stand to your feet so we could pray with you and stand in faith that God will meet you where you are with what you need. This is not for everyone. It's for those who feel like I just need extra in this season. I've been waiting. There's somebody in here who's been crying out, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. God hears you. You are like Hannah. You've been crying out, God hear me, God hear me, God hear me. And I'm here to tell you that he says, I hear you. I hear you. I don't know what God wants to do in each of our lives, but I do believe that God is a God who redeems, 
restores and renews. And Ephesians 3.20 says, our God is able. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or imagine, to him be the glory from generation to generation. If you are seated next to somebody who is standing, will you please put your hand on them? We're going to practice what we see in the book of James. We're going to lay hands on people. If you um, need to confess some trespasses, some sins, begin to pray it in your heart or out loud for God to forgive you. If you are seated next to somebody who is standing, this is church, be the church. Will you put a hand on them? If you're not near them, will you extend a hand of faith? Everybody who is standing, Everybody who is standing, everybody who is standing, make sure you are touching somebody who's standing. Even if you don't know them, it's okay. We're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. We get to be his hands. We get to be his feet and pray for our brethren who need an extra measure of grace today. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you because you met us here. God, we come before you and we boldly believe that we know that you are able and we trust that you are sovereign and good all the time. So God, uh, heal those who need healing. Give a breakthrough for those who need a breakthrough. Father, for those that need restoration in marriage, for those that are lonely, for those that have been crying out, for those that need healing from sickness, God, I believe that you are able, so we cry out to you. We come before your throne of mercy and grace, and we lay our petition at your feet, knowing that you are a good God who cares. Give us what we need, not what we want in this season. Selfishly, Lord God, I pray an extra measure of grace and abundance and blessing upon everyone who is here. But for those that are standing, give them what they need. We know that you are able. We know that you are capable. We know that there's no wall that is too big. We know that there's no river that you cannot part. We know that there's no rock that you cannot break. We know that there's no heart that you cannot change. Lord, so we stand in the gap and we believe that you are able. It is in the name and the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, who you resurrected from the tomb, that we all say amen. Amen. Can we stand to our feet and give God praise? Give God glory. And when there is breakthrough in your life, when God answers you, you come back to the house of God and you say, God met me here. God healed me. God answered me. And you are a testament for those in here that God did, that God can, and that God will move in our lives. Amen.